What's up, everybody? This is Grant, that cause artist. Today, we are chatting with Jenny Shah Spradling, the co-founder and CEO of Free Will, a social enterprise that generates more than $650 million in committed funds for nonprofit organizations around the country. They partner with organizations like the American Red Cross, the United Way, Save the Children, Human Rights Watch, and Defenders of Wildlife. Free Will is currently facilitating about $3 million pledged to charity every single day. They did this by building an estate planning platform that encourages charitable giving during the process. Serving 70% of Americans without an up-to-date will, it takes about 20 minutes or less, it's completely free, and generates legally valid wills in all 50 states. Free Will is aiming to channel $1 trillion towards charity over the next 10 years. Just go ahead and repeat that real quick. $1 trillion towards charity over the next 10 years. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Jenny and I'll see you next week. Bye. The first thing I like to ask is how was your journey to get to this point? What's sort of your, your career path been like to get to the point where you decided to start free will and start impacting the world through, through this company? Great question. Um, I guess it all kind of started with math. Really? I grew up being a, a math kind of girl okay. and I, realized during college that I thought I was going to go in and be a math major and then I realized that true math majors are like philosophers. <laughs> what I actually really liked doing was using math to understand the world around me. Okay. So I ended up being a math econ major and the interesting thing about math and econ is I realized over time that following money is actually a really good way to understand how the world works. Okay. Like where does power sit? Where does power not sit? Right. Um, and an interesting place that I started looking into more and more was philanthropy. Mm-hmm. And that was more of an interest of mine during college, but I thought like, I can't make a job out of this. And so ended up going off to career services and getting a job in, you know, consulting and then finance. But what really occurred to me is, you know, in finance, a lot of it is using math to understand companies and like what makes good and bad companies and makes them successful versus not. And I always thought it was so odd that there was this huge area of philanthropy that we weren't applying that kind of same Mm. thought process to and Mm -hmm. that same like rigor and that a lot of people were honestly lost when it came to philanthropy. Like, who do I give to? How much? When is an opportunity for me? And Mm. fast forward a number of years and I got the I was hugely lucky to meet my co-founder, Patrick, and he comes from a really different background than I do, all kind of, you know, a life committed to social change Mm -hmm. and and the public sector and knows a lot about email fundraising. And he's like, uh, you know, we had instant founder chemistry. (laughs) I remember we were on a walk, we were both talking really fast because... You know, we, we just both like talking yeah. fast and walking fast and it was just, and he's like, you know what, let me pitch you this idea. And he came up with free will. Okay. So, um, what free will is, is it's a free online wills platform for people to do all of their estate planning, mm-hmm. which is actually really important for people. It's to huge. Do. It's Absolutely. Huge. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get around to it and something like, 70% of Americans don't have an up-to-date will. Yep. And the biggest reason that they quote is because it's like scary and expensive. And so he's like, what if we made these wills and we made it super easy for people to give charitably? Mm. Um, because what he dug into with his research is that the average gift in a will is $70,000. Wow. 
It's a giant that's, gift, yeah, right? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's three times the cumulative lifetime giving wow. of the average individual. And that's kind of where the light bulb really went off for me is like coming back to that math and understanding when to give and how to give. And this is really an opportunity for normal folks, you know, folks who don't have $10,000 to give to a charity right. while they're alive. Right. But, you know, might pass away with a house and might be willing to give some of that away to a charity to be hugely impactful. Absolutely. Um, and so what we really want to do with Free Will is unlock that opportunity to be intrinsically generous. Mm-hmm. And we did that by, you know, creating this free online wills platform. But, but the other kind of invention, which in hindsight isn't crazy at all (laughs) is like we just ask people if they wanted to give to charity in their wills and turns out the resounding answer is like yes they do of course they do it's almost like giving like choosing to give you like your donor like you're a donor giver right like of course i'll give my organs away if i die like if they're healthy enough it's it's the same same type of thing right right (laughs) as long as like someone asks you kind of at the right time right right and it turns out like the number of times that people think about death is like so few Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. it's a hard and scary topic but we kind of found like hey if we can be here at that moment and just ask you know but also at the same time make it really easy for people to do their estate planning right what a beautiful kind of like dual impact we can create and it's been an amazing journey um, (laughs) with an amazing team and uh so far we've raised over 600 million dollars for charity unbelievable yeah really unbelievable so the so how how the platform works you know i want to kind of go on and and it's almost like a, a legal zoom type of thing where i go and i create like i create a will i'm in this state right it's sort of a click-through process and yeah. then at the end is there options of nonprofits you can give to or it can be anything like you just type in what you want or is it strictly for certain partner organizations? Great question. Um, People can donate to whoever they want. Okay. And that was a really important decision for us because, I mean, in part, it's in our name, right? Free will. Right, right. Allow people to kind of express um, whatever kind of cause that they want to give to. But one interesting thing we found is a lot of people know that they want to give. They just don't actually know who they want to give to. Absolutely. And figuring who that out and like finding the right information to put in your will is actually not that intuitive you know it's right. not something where people are like huh i know how to do that yep um and so that's kind of where we've been able to add a lot of value to is people kind of saying hey i know i really care about education um you know th- this looks like a really cool place to get right do you guys suggest like for for that going back to that point mm-hmm. is that I don't know who to give to, right? Like, I really care about education, really care about animals, the environment. Do you guys suggest certain organizations that are, you know, trusted with and things like that? Do you guys give suggestions on, based on topics and causes? Yeah, we do. So we have a number of kind of national featured nonprofits that we work with closely. Mm -hmm. And that's been kind of just amazing to see over time how we've had, you know, organizations in lots of different areas. Um, be able to kind of partner with us and 
uh, be there. One thing we're actually adding on probably in the next couple months, you're getting the first scoop, is um, separating out kind of by cause area because what we realize is like that's the first thing people kind of want to think about. But we also, you know, provide resources for people to do their own research and things like that. Like we link to some really great organizations that we love, um, give well, um, animal charity evaluators, and just to give people kind of the ability to figure that out for themselves as well. Is, Is there an option to where... I can give to like multiple organizations, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. you know, like, oh, I want to give 1% away, but I want to divvy that 1% up between several different nonprofits. Do you see people doing that or do you see them choosing one particular cause that they care about? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, people give to multiple causes all the time. Yeah. It's really common. Most people actually give to more than one charity. Yeah. And they build out little portfolios of a bunch of different organizations and that's a that's a great way to do it i think that's that's something if people you know they log in and they look at it the idea of them building out their own little portfolio of of giving is is pretty interesting and and probably new because probably historically it's people probably only gave to like the big organizations because there just wasn't that now there's sort of a lot of local organizations that Mm -hmm. people might volunteer during their life right yeah and then now they're they're in an in a position they can donate to that through their will it's 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 a really interesting effort so when when you guys were starting to build out the product how how far was it that from that walk in that conversation mm. that y'all had to actually because everybody has ideas right yeah everybody can have an idea and you feel very passionate about it mm-hmm. but to go from ideas idea ideation to actually a product that you launch how long was that from that first conversation to actually you know having a product that you can present to people yeah it was pretty quick yeah (laughs) that's great (laughs) um as i mentioned we're kind of quick kind of people with (laughs) all the things that we do but we one thing that was important to us was to get a mvp out there yeah pretty fast and that's something that you know we learned from some amazing professors when we were at Stanford grad school at the time including you know Jeff Epstein and Steve Blank and a, a bunch of the folks out there who teach a class called Lean Launchpad and oh, one thing that they told us is you know hey you can think about this in a room as long as you want sure but you won't know if it really works until other people tell you that right. it works because right. they actually use it and so that was really encouraging to us and so you know i think there's always a saying that like if you're comfortable with your product when you launch it you launch it too late mm. like you should have tested yeah, it earlier some early errors yeah there. um so we had an mvp up in something like a couple months and at first it was just a really simple you know, a Squarespace website with like a yeah. type form inside. Yeah. And I think sure. Patrick and I might have put it together in one weekend yeah. um, just to see whether or not anyone was interested in even doing their wills online. And, and the answer there was yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we we're trying to test, you know, do people care about charity if you bring it up? And the answer was yes again. And of so course. we're like, yeah. okay, this seems like something that's worth really investing our time in and building a product around. So from there, it was probably another, you know, four or five months until we had like a real solid product yeah. out in the market. But that was a really exciting time. That time at that time at Stanford, was there a particular course or class that you look back on and be like, 
without that, I probably wouldn't have had the the knowledge or or the idea or inspiration to to wanting to start something like this. Yeah, I think for Patrick and I, it was Lean Launchpad. Yeah. They um, kind of built the curriculum off of the Lean startup methodology that I think Eric Reese yep. and Steve Blank have made mm-hmm. really popular. And it was just kind of the, the kick in the tush that yeah. we needed. <laughs> They're really rigorous in that class. So the way it kind of works is you go in, you build, you have like an MVP week one or two. Mm-hmm. And then every week you have to interview 10 people and you have to run at least one experiment on your actual MVP. Interesting. Every single week, which means that you have to design your experiment, implement your experiment, and now analyze it, source a bunch of people to interview, interview them, and analyze. <laughs> that every week wow. so in 10 weeks you know you could walk out saying that I've talked to a hundred people who are real people on the ground and I've already run so many you know this many experiments and I think at the end of that process we maybe were a little bit overachievers but I think we had interviewed <laughs> like 200 people or something like that and it it did we needed that to get to the level of confidence that no one in that room could have given us. You know, you could take the most experienced entrepreneur, the best VC in Silicon Valley, they can't tell you whether or not your idea is good. But when you're talking to actual baby boomers who would use a product, actual lawyers, doctors who have had to see people pass away without Mm. healthcare directives, people who work at elder care facilities, like these are the folks who live this experience in and out and actually know whether or not there's something here to be done. Um, To that point, does... Do you guys present the product to just consumers or do you go to sort of other businesses like law, big law firms and say, hey, you know, would you would you be willing to use this for your firm or like hospitals? I mean, yeah. that's there's so many areas where you could hurry up and you have to do a will maybe like at some end of life or right. something like that. And do you guys work with other big partners like that to implement this product in? Yeah, um, we did talk to those folks, and that's actually a really good point that I think a lot of folks forget is, you know, um, something that they talk about in the class is having what's called a business model canvas, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of 10 pieces of what you need to really understand about your business, and only one of those 10 boxes is your customer. Mm. There are like nine other boxes. (laughs) So it's like channel partners, like resources, like what kind of activities are you going to have to do? Neither Patrick nor I are lawyers, right? And you might think like, oh, there's no way we can do that. I don't know anything about law. Right, right. So you have to find someone out there who is willing to like buy into your idea, but also push you and give you critical feedback. And so, yes, we had to interview people who might use a will, but we also had to interview people who might provide that critical legal insight and say, hey, can we actually distill this complicated state-by-state statutory framework into an actual tech product, Yeah, let's talk about how we can get there. Mm. And so that's something that's really insightful. I'm glad you brought up because I think a lot of people forget that, you know, if they're going to make a smoothie company, they also have to talk to fruit distributors, oh, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that could be the hardest part of your business. That you don't even think about. Right, right? exactly. You might have everything else ready to go in order. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, oh, wait, the fruit delivery is going to be two weeks late this week because they had a storm in this place, right? Or, and now it's like everything's thrown off. And if you don't prep for that type of stuff, you know, that could put a real wrench in everything that you want to totally. do. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. The one number that I was reading that was 
pretty astounding was the $35 trillion mm, that yeah. will be inherited over the next 20 years, I think it was. That's right. Yeah, no. I mean, that's, I can't, you can't even fathom kind of what that really, <laughs> that really means, right? And the opportunity for people, yeah. one, for people to, to really give back and, and have somewhat of a, a small legacy for themselves, but then also opportunity for the nonprofits, you know, to really create massive impact from their end, right? To be more sustainable. Yeah. You know, one, one or two people that I really give to them that could last them maybe five years of, of, of funds, right. That they can keep doing their cause. So yeah. how is that number even calculated? How does that even yeah. <laughs> come up and say, like, this is really actually going to happen. This is a real number. These are real dollars that are going to be given away. And I mean, how does something like that even get discovered? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, your math background. I guess, that's right? a great question. <laughs> These are the numbers that we're inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think when you take a step back, it is it, this transfer of money is called the Great Wealth Transfer for a reason. It is the biggest transfer of money that has ever happened in human history, mm. which is just nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it means that the opportunity for nonprofits is really large. That said, I think one thing that has been part of our journey is helping to educate nonprofits on that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of not only is it there, but also it will pass, unfortunately, right? right? This is the time to invest in this opportunity. And I think sometimes it can be really hard, right? Because death is a weird topic to talk about right. with your donors. Very much, very um, much. It can be sometimes a lot easier to send an email that talks about like, hey, donate $5 for this, um, you know, fundraising campaign yep. we're doing for X, Y, or Z. And it can be kind of hard to write that email that's like, um, hey, you know, did you know that actually one of the most impactful ways that you can leave a legacy and help support this cause you really care about is writing a will about us? Wow. So um, that it's definitely a number that, you know, we were so happy to have tripped upon, <laughs> but also one that we want to kind of share and broadcast with the world, right? Like this Pretty is significant. This is a moment <laughs> for philanthropy, or at least it could be. And, and we'd, we'd love to see that happen. Yeah, we're living in an era where uh, technology is finally getting to the impact sector. It's obviously penetrated finance and business and email and social media, all these different right. areas of, of life and business. And it's finally trickling down to giving back, right? Or philanthropy in some sort of uh, fashion. So I think it's it's an amazing time. And I, I mean, I think nonprofits are, are gonna benefit immensely, right? And people, like you said, if they don't maybe give back a lot during their life, mm-hmm. one, because they just can't or they're super busy, right? But then all your hard work at the end of your life, you can give back something pretty substantial that, you know, can change people's lives forever, right? It's forever. pretty phenomenal. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about the business model because being a technology company, mm-hmm. a platform, Cost money, right? So how are you able to <laughs> allow people to fill out a will for free? That's a great question. Yeah, so we are so lucky to be able to provide not just wills, but also advanced directives, durable financial powers of attorney, all mm. these important documents for free, and be able to continue to expand that suite over time because 
we are supported by amazing nonprofits. Interesting. We have over 160 nonprofit partners who actually pay us for customized versions of our web app. I like it. Okay. That they can send to their donors and say, hey, we've sponsored for Free Will to Exist and for you to have these free tools. Um, please consider us when you're doing your estate planning. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's been amazing. And, and the other thing that's really exciting is um, because we are, to your point, a technology company, it's one of the first times that nonprofits have actually been able to understand whether their outreach on planned giving is actually generating any impact or like dollars raised. Mm, okay. And this is because today fewer than 20% of bequests are reported. So you can imagine as a nonprofit, if you're the director of planned giving, you are mostly getting credit for your predecessor's predecessor's work, mm. right? Not your own. <laughs> and that can be really hard, right? Because you don't know whether or not you're just shouting out into the void, sure. like if anyone else is kind of interested or, or reaching back out. So um, what's really cool with the free will tool is that ne- these nonprofits can now have an understanding of, hey, I sent out this email and, you know, this, these 30 people responded back and gave gifts to the nonprofit. So that can be really helpful. So the so what you're going back to is that you can a nonprofit can essentially white label the platform for their back end so they keep all their their donations and within their ecosystem to where they're not sending their donors to a different website to do all this stuff. It keeps them in the for example, save the children, you know, website and then it's it's a URL that's still save the children and they can kind of do everything in a trusted place for their donors. So it's similar, okay. but a little bit different. Um, so there is some white labeling with the partner, but it's actually mainly free will branded on the free will site. And the biggest reason why we did that is it turns out that most people writing their wills actually want to know that there's like a wills expert company that's gotcha. taking care of all legal research, which gotcha. makes a ton of sense yes, absolutely. because no matter how much you love your animal shelter, you might not. You don't want them to do your will. Right. Yeah. That might be kind of weird. So yeah, that's the main reason for that. But it does allow them to kind of have those insights, which I think is the most important piece for them. Um, The last question I have is, as you've gone through, through this journey and up to this point, is there any you know, tips or advice you would give to two other people out there that are passionate, that are having a similar talk about an idea that they have. What, are some, what is some advice that, that you can give them that empowers them to sort of take that next step and, and actually put up the site, have the type form ready to go and just start getting feedback? Yeah, I actually would say find the right partner. Mm-hmm. And if you're with someone who you trust, uh, and can give you really critical feedback, just jump. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I think that, uh, you know, a, a lot of people talk about, does the idea come first or does, you know, founder come first? Right. And at least in my experience, it's my second company. The people always come first. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever idea it is, there are going to be a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. And so having the right person there, who you know, is makes you a better version of yourself. That's like the most important part. And then after that, you just got to close your eyes and <laughs> make believe. <laughs> Go on the roller coaster ride, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. I think it's such an innovative tool. And I think technology is 
is empowering more and more philanthropy and impact. And this is just another way that people and individuals can can impact the world and another opportunity for nonprofits to just keep on keeping on and, and being a force of good in society. So, you know, great work that you're doing and best of luck in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grant. You too.